find it funny how things come about and I'm sure there's there's a more succinct way of saying it but like at the time so I started more time to design about 12 months ago pretty much actually close to 12 months and at the time I thought this is really lonely like I work from home I have my clients which are great but I don't have my a real support crew of designers around me and one of the things that I think I've struggled with is you come from like a firm and there'll be, it's like, there'll be an architect, you know, that's sitting across the hallway from you. There'll be someone who does a lot of your furniture specifications. So they'll know who's the new rep at such and such a company kind of thing. But when you work for yourself, you don't have that. And sometimes it really becomes very isolating because you're like, oh, I just wish I knew who to pick up the phone to talk to kind of thing or to just bounce ideas around. Do you love your business? You should, right? Well, sometimes we just don't. It's my hope that this, the My Daily Business Coach podcast, helps you regain a little of that lost love by providing tips and tactics, tools, insights, inspiration, all the good stuff to help you actually enjoy running your business. In addition to actionable tips and tactics that you'll be able to execute immediately, you'll also hear from creative small business owners around the world who've been able to sidestep the hustle and build a business that merges their passion with their purpose and provides a profit. I'm your host, Fiona Kalaki, founder of My Daily Business Coach. Let's get going. Hello and welcome to episode 298 of the My Daily Business Coach podcast. Today, you're listening to an interview with an amazing small business owner. And if you have ever wondered about taking on something that is slightly different to what you're already working in or maybe changing the game for people in your industry, then you definitely want to listen to today's episode as that is exactly what my guest has been doing. Before we get stuck into that, I wanted to mention that this episode is the last for the My Daily Business Coach podcast with that name. We are changing. Don't worry, don't stress. As of, you know, next week, we will have all the same great content. It'll have a slightly different name and different artwork. So just keep an eye out for that. It is not hugely different, but it is something to keep an eye out if you're looking for the yellow square. The other thing, of course, I want to mention is to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians on this land on which I record this podcast. And that is the Wurrung and Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. All right, let's get into today's small business interview. So today it is my absolute pleasure to be bringing you an interview with the amazing Beth Bieske, who is the founder of not only one interior design business, the Navy Edit but a second business that helps interior designers called More Time to Design. And Beth is a member of our group coaching program and has gone through my marketing for your small business program. And I've just been so in awe of how 
she has created a software business, which is not something that you often see, you know, with interior designers creating software companies, but she has done that because she's found a massive gap in the market for a program, a software platform that would enable her to create the business that she wants to without having to outsource every single thing or without having to have, you know, 16 different platforms that have to then talk to each other. And as somebody myself who runs our business on many platforms that do have to talk to each other and we use a lot of Zapiers and all sorts of other workarounds sometimes, I find it just fascinating and inspiring that Beth was able to not just have that frustration that a lot of small business owners have, but then take that and create her own platform, More Time to Design. So in today's chat, we talk about how did she do that? And we also talk about the Navy Edit, her interior design business, and the careers that she's had prior to starting her interior design business or even being an interior designer, which is something that Beth has done for 12 years. What I love about Beth in both this chat and also in all of the chats that I've been able to have with her across the last few months or the last year or so is just her eagerness to share her knowledge, but also her eagerness to just keep going and finding different ways to make things happen. In our interview today, she talks about when she was creating all of this and having a lot of personal things happening. Now, I'm not somebody for hustling and I really don't think that Beth falls into the hustle, hustle, hustle kind of mentality. But I think what instead she falls into is not looking for this perfect opportunity and for everything to have aligned perfectly before you start that she just goes for it. And I think as a small business owner myself and as somebody who works with small business owners, we can sometimes get frozen in procrastination or frozen in thinking about an idea for ages without actually taking any practical steps to make it happen. And in our chat, you'll see that Beth is quite the opposite and is very much like, I've got this idea let's just see, let's just see what can happen. And let's just see if I, you know, put it out to the universe or get in touch with somebody or, you know, have a go. I think it's a real attitude of, yeah, let's, let's have a go. And as you hear, Beth started in a different kind of career. She went down a different trajectory with university. And even that was a surprise to me. I hadn't heard that story before, but it all makes sense. And it's a reminder that so many of us come to business with different experiences, different education. Maybe we were going to go down one path and we veered left. And I think it's a really lovely reminder with Beth that amazing things can happen when you do take a veer off from the track that you thought you were going down and to not be frightened of it, but rather to embrace it. So here it is, my chat with the wonderful Beth Beesky of The Navy Edit and More Time to Design. Hello, Beth. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Fiona. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you are so welcome. It's my absolute pleasure to have you on as I get to see a bit more about your business and learn from you. So talking about business, that's what we're on here to chat about today. But before we do, where are you joining us from and how are you feeling about life right now? So I'm coming to you from my home office here in the leafy North Shore in Sydney. I am very fortunate. I have a beautiful highline window that looks straight out into the tree. So I have that as my view. Yeah, feeling great about life at the moment and business. Like I feel like this year is speeding past so quickly already. 
But yeah, really lots of exciting things on the horizon. So feeling good. But if it could slow down just a little bit, that would be great. <laughs> I feel like that too. I said to my husband the other day, oh my God, we're into March. And then I said, and basically half the year's over already. And it's going to be Christmas before we know it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, I'm feeling like that. Can we all just slow down a little bit? But I have to say, I do feel like 2023, I don't want to jinx it, but it's feeling like a better year than the last few years have felt exhausting. And I don't feel as exhausted maybe maybe yet but yeah so I kind of second where you're coming from yeah no I, I do I actually feel that as well I feel like 2022 just felt frenetic like everyone was like out of lockdown like had this list of things they had to get through and I think we all burnt ourselves out kind of thing by the end of 2022 so yeah 2023 does feel a little more calm yes let's check back in at the end of the year and yeah. see <laughs> See what we say. So tell us about your one of your businesses, the Navy Edit. What is that? When did you start it? Why did you start it? And what's with the name? So the Navy Edit is my interior design studio that I have been running for four and a half years. And it's been an interesting ride. So I started the business when my son was six months old, which came about, you know, for a couple of different reasons. And so then, yeah, just as the business was gaining momentum, COVID hit. And then in the middle of COVID, we had another baby. And so I was saying to someone the other day, I feel like my business has kind of been on a spin cycle for like the last (laughs) few years. And I'm just getting out of that now kind of thing. Yeah. So pretty interesting start to a business, but was really fortunate that I have had some amazing clients and all of that kind of stuff. So even though it's most probably not the you know, I don't know if there's ever an ideal time to start a business kind of thing, but yeah, so that's how, that's the Navy edit. And most of my work is over all around Sydney. I do a lot of work up here on the North shore, but yeah, wherever the good projects are, I'll go. And the name, which when I came up with the name, I never thought I would get so many questions about it, but I do. So I always knew that I didn't want my name on the door. So I didn't want it to be Beth Beesky Designs. And when I started the business, I didn't know exactly what it was going to look like. So I didn't know if it would just be interiors, if there'd be like a product or a homewares part to it. And I also have a background in floristry. So I didn't know if that was going to come into it as well. So I kind of wanted to keep it this kind of nondescript name. And then I love navy. I wear navy. I put it in my interiors. It's everywhere kind of thing. So that's the navy part. And then the edit is really editing is the main part of what an interior designer do does kind of thing so you know we spend our days editing concepts and finishes and all that kind of stuff so just made sense so yeah that's how we ended up with the navy edit oh my gosh there's so much in that I love the idea of the spin cycle my goodness I have been there many times where you're like are we going to be done soon are we going to be finished and good on you having so many babies in like a crazy amount of like crazy short period of time but also a very hectic world time it's it's a lot to start a business and have a baby and then have another baby and yeah. be in a pandemic and be doing something like in your industry where you need to be out of lockdown to be able to meet with people and, and do all of that. And so you sort of hinted or you kind of glossed over there that you had a floristry background. So did you always know that you wanted to design? Have you always been very creative? Were you working as a florist before going into interior design? Yes. So when I left school, I thought I was going to be a doctor, went off and did a oh, science wow. degree. Yeah, like nothing creative at school, all of that kind of stuff. 
and got to the end of the degree and I was like, mm, I'm not sure if this is for me. So in like a like kind of like I need to do something 180 degrees away from a science degree. So enrolled in this like part-time floristry course, it was the first time I'd ever done anything creative. I think everyone who knew me was like, what? Like you've never shown any interest in this whatsoever. Anyway, and I loved it and I was good at it and it just all made sense. And so from that, that led to, yeah, having a floristry business for eight years. I think it was about eight years, which was amazing. It's a really hard business to have. Like floristry is, I think a lot of jobs are like this, but I think floristry is something where the the perception of it is so different from the reality. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that business just kind of ran its course and I knew I wanted to do something creative, but different. And so I ended up in interior design. So yeah. Wow, I can imagine you as a doctor because you're very good. My sister's a doctor and I think one of the big things that people may not know is that, and I don't know if they do it now, but when you, back in the day when she got into med school, the interview process was really important because it was like how do you communicate and what are you like with people because that's a huge part of the skill, especially if you want to be a GP or something that's talking to people all day long. And I could totally imagine you being that. You're a very good communicator. So I could, I was like, oh, I could totally see you becoming a doctor. Very funny. Some people have said that to me recently because the story has come up and I'm like, oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What a change from yeah. that to floristry. And then from floristry to interior design, was it that you were working with interior designers? Yeah. So I th- the desire to have my own business was still there kind of thing. Like I knew, and I have, I'm in the very fortunate position that I have friends who have got kids that are a little bit older than mine. So like I'm able to learn from their challenges. Mm -hmm. And at the time when, so I, after I finished my studies, I got a job with Blaney North, one of Australia's best interior designers. And worked with her and then also Greg Natale after her for about six years, I think I was across both of them and had exposure to amazing projects like size and scale of projects that is just, you know, just phenomenal. But the time and the work and they just aren't really that um, conducive to family life. And so I kind of always had it in the back of my mind that when we were, like when we started a family, I might need to look at a different option for work. And it just kind of all came about that when I was on mat leave with my son, it it was the right time to kind of start my own business. So I think I've always had that desire to work for myself and for, I suppose, for personal reasons, but I think they're kind of universal personal reasons. Like I want to be able to have the flexibility for my family. I had seen like my husband is so supportive, but he works in a more traditional corporate nine to five job kind of thing. And I had seen the challenges that that brings kind of thing. And so I was like, okay, how can I design a life that means that we can have, like that we don't end up with two stressed burnout parents at the Mm. end of the week. So I still don't think we get there. Like I still sometimes think we have two burnout stress parents at the end of the week. (laughs) Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Exactly. But I think that desire to work for myself has always been pretty strong. Wow. I am fascinated. For those that, you know, may not know, I work with Beth. So I feel like I did know a bit about you, but now I'm like, oh, I should have everyone that I ever work with on the podcast because you just learn <laughs> so much about people. And so 
coming onto the podcast, part of the reason, obviously, is to bring you on, but also to talk about your software company, which yeah. is another thing I could, I, and now I'm seeing it because you're like, oh, I studied this and then I did this. And you're very determined. You have a lot of ambition in you. So can you talk us through your other business that you're running at the moment and how, how that came up? So yeah, it's not necessarily interior design and software developer. I wouldn't say are two common career things that go together. But it pretty much came about because I was I was getting to the point in my interior design studio where I was like, I either need to take on staff and grow out my team, or I need to turn down projects or, you know, just I suppose limit my income in a way. And I wasn't, I didn't really think either of those were great options in my time with in when I was working for the other designers, I had managed large teams. And that to me was just so stressful. And I understand for some businesses it's needed to have a larger headcount, but I was just like, it's just not for me. Like, it's just not for me. And so, yeah, so then I looked around and I was like, okay, there's definitely things I could be doing better in my interior design business. I could be saving time. And so I looked at like things like Asana and Trello and all of these kind of things, but there was nothing really where I could capture my whole design studio on one platform. And so I was like, I want like an ecosystem online that is my design studio. And so there was a couple of other programs that were on the market, but they didn't fit the bill. They were pitched at too large of a firm. They were cost prohibitive. They were based in the States. There was just a few things that nothing hit the bill. And so I just thought, well, I'll build it. I'll, I'll build it to solve my own problem. I love that you do this. And, and now I know that you come from a science background. So I'm like, okay, you can build it. So yeah. And so, and the other part of it as well, that was really important to me, which is funny how things like, I don't know, I, I find it funny how things come about and I'm sure there's, there's a more succinct way of saying it, but like at the time, so I started more time to design about 12 months ago, pretty much actually close to 12 months. And at the time I thought, this is really lonely. Like I work from home. I have my clients, which are great, but I don't have my, a real support crew of designers around me. And one of the things that I think I've struggled with is you come from like a firm and there'll be, it's like, there'll be an architect, you know, that's sitting across the hallway from you. There'll be someone who does a lot of your furniture specifications. So they'll know who's the new rep at such and such a company kind of thing. But when you work for yourself, you don't have that. And sometimes it really becomes very isolating because you're like, oh, I just wish I knew who to pick up the phone to talk to kind of thing or to just bounce ideas around. And so I was kind of like, I wanted this solution for my business, but I also wanted a community of designers around me kind of thing. And so, yeah, so I started more time to design with those two big things in mind kind of thing, like making sure you can get the most out of your day. And one of the things that I suppose this is the second point to that is interior design is like it's a, a large proportion of, of females and a large proportion of them that come to working on their own in their own studios have started their business because they've had a baby or they need to care for parents and they need flexibility. So I feel very strongly about equipping women to grow very successful businesses so that they have financial stability for whatever that means for them. And so I felt like, yeah, it's a, that's a really big pillar kind of thing. So that community and collaboration goes very much hand in hand with 
run your business as well, like run them well, and they don't need to be small businesses. They can have all the professionalism of a large studio kind of thing with this platform. So, yeah. Oh, I'm just sitting over here going, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, yes, so much to your your point about financial stability. That is absolutely key. And I talk about that quite a bit. And, you know, we've talked about before, homelessness in Australia is going up in the 55 plus bracket for women. Mm. That's the, the largest growing bracket. And so I think it's amazing that you're that's a part of why you built this. But I'm also still like, how do you go from Asana and Trello don't really work for me? So I'm going to build a platform. Like how does that actually happen? In addition to you have two very young children, you are running a business, an interior design business that has a lot of clients and a lot of suppliers and a lot of parts to it. Like how do you actually build more time to design, which is the name of your company? Yeah, so that all came about through the joy of social media, which I love and hate with equal amounts. So someone who, an acquaintance that I knew about 10 years ago from my days down in the florist shop, I had seen through their social media that like when I knew them, he was a nurse and I can't remember what she did, but they they had nothing to do with software. And they themselves have gone through this whole transition and now they now have a software development company. And so I kind of And it's funny, like I think sometimes people, when you get like a look into people's business, there must be like, there must be grand plans and marketing plans and business (laughs) plans. And I'm like, no, there was none of that. This was literally, I had the thought and I messaged, I was like, okay, can it be that hard to build? Like, let's just see. I messaged these guys and I was like, so bit random, haven't spoken to you in 10 years. I don't even know if this is actually what you do, but this is what I'm thinking. Can we have a chat? And they were like, yeah, this is exactly what we do. We'd love to chat. Went backwards and forwards a few times with them on some initial kind of ideas and how does like, how does you, like, how do you build a software platform? Like, how does it work kind of thing? And so then we, yeah, we kind of took maybe three or four months to build this first iteration of the software platform. It all happened at a really crazy time of my life, like an even more crazy time of my life. I was like, but I think, and like, I don't say this to kind of go like in a boastful way. I kind of say it to go, you just sometimes have to do it this way. So at the time I was caring, I was like the the primary carer for an elderly relative. And over the six months, pretty much from when I started to build the software to when we launched, she passed away. And so I spent a lot of time on calls with the development company, either in hospital car parks or in random hospital waiting rooms or just in random spots kind of thing. And I was like, if I wait for a perfect time for this, it's never going to happen kind of thing. Mm. And so like, I remember the kickoff meeting, which was this big briefing meeting and all this kind of stuff. And I had grand plans. I was going to walk, like do a walk while I was doing it. Cause I, you know, think better and talk better that way. Of course it was raining. I didn't have an umbrella. So I spent this whole meeting in like the post office kind of like porticopic because it was the only place I could stand that it was dry and I was just like this is chaos this is true chaos but this is how it's going to get done this is how Mm. I'm going to get this done and yeah and that's how we go so yeah so I've got this development team that I talked to and they build it all out for me kind of thing but I very much have like I gave very specific instructions as to how I wanted to look and feel and work and all of that kind of stuff so yeah wow oh my gosh well firstly I'm really sorry for your loss of a relative 
Oh my goodness. But also, yeah, I'm just astounded at you. You're just being <laughs> like, I'll just get it done. And this is how it happens. And it's not going to be this perfect, you know, where I can be in a boardroom and I can have the time to sit and listen and do all of that. Oh, I think it's just so good. And so then from a practical standpoint, and obviously you help people through this platform be more productive, but you've got the platform, you've got the membership part of the platform, and then you've got your own like interior design business. How do you practically work on two different businesses at the same time? Yeah, so this was something I really had to work on. I kind of took a lot of December and January off and I kind of completely redid everything because it wasn't really working very well last year. It was just like scattergun and it was like whoever was at the top of my email list was getting my attention and mm. so that no one was getting very good Beth at all. So the, the couple of things that have really helped me, actually there's three main things. So I've always kind of vaguely time blocked my calendar, but this year I have taken it to a whole new level. So I have very specific times when I'm working on not just like this is Navy edit time and this is more time to design time. I break it down into this is product development time for more time to design kind of thing. So it's very specific blocks of time. And that was a way for me to go, okay, well, I know that everything that I need to get done is going to be covered in that week. So that's kind of time blocking in my calendar really helps for me. Because, you know, I have to also factor in school pickups and swimming lessons and soccer and all that kind of stuff. So it all had to fit. And I knew that if I didn't have it blocked out, it wouldn't happen. The other thing that I've done, which sounds really, really simple, but I've made such a big difference, is I've got quite a detailed to-do list. So it's just in Google Sheets kind of thing, but I spent a day setting it up with like drop down menus and all this kind of stuff. And so that paired with the calendar blocking means that I don't have to sit and go, like, especially if I think something about product development, I only have one block of product development a week. So to come back to it seven days later and go, where was I? Like what it is, like, it'll take me half the time to figure that out. So by having it all so detailed in my to-do list, I can just quickly go and pick up that, put it in kind of thing. So the two work really well together. And then The other thing is I have set up, like I've used Calendly before, but never very well. And this year I've really kind of flipped it a little bit and it took me a while to feel comfortable doing this kind of going, here's my calendar link. You book in a time when it works for me. So setting aside times, like I've got certain blocks when I can have client meetings because they make sense for my schedule when I can do client meetings. So I think not letting other people dictate my week has been something that's really changed my productivity because I'm running to my schedule, not someone else's. Oh, I feel like preaching to the choir. <laughs> I was like, oh. So I would love to just press on that point a little bit because I work with a lot of interior designers and as you know as well, I'm a massive fan of the time blocking and Calendly and all of that. And the pushback that I often hear is, yeah, you know, that works for you because you're a coach and, you know, people can book in with you and and they, they're happy to fit into your time. But I'm working with real families who don't always, you know, how did you, well, firstly, have you had major pushback from people? No. So, and I have to admit, I very much thought the same. I was like, oh gosh, like I can't, I can't impose that on someone or anything like that. And it's really interesting. I think There's a big discussion and I don't know, it could be going on in other industries as well, but there's a lot of discussion now about 
like in terms of pricing and charging in interior design around value pricing and kind of charging for your value. And so one of the things that I've really needed to kind of, I suppose, work on myself for my business is appreciating I offer a value and a service. And just like when you ring up to book in for a doctor's appointment, you have to work in with their schedule. Same with the lawyer or the OT or whoever it might be. And so I'm a professional offering a service. And therefore, if that doesn't work for a client, then they're not the right client for me. And that's been a bit of a, you know, a mindset shift that I've had to work on. And yeah, I think, I think that sometimes you do fall into that trap of, oh, no, like it won't work. But it's like, it does. I really haven't had any pushback. You obviously have to as well set up your schedule. You can't just have one time, like, you know, in the week. So like, you know, I make sure I've got a couple of times, some's morning, some's afternoon, some's in the middle of the day kind of thing. So you kind of got to be a bit emotionally intelligent about how you set that up. But overall, I haven't had any pushback and it's working really well. I love that you said that because, yeah, I think we, I thought the same. Like I thought, oh, if I don't let people have booking on a Friday, they're going to be like, well, that's my day. You know, I have to work the rest of the time. That's my day to work on the business. And I have had one person in eight years that was like, oh, you don't have any availability on a Friday. I'm like, yeah, I don't work Friday. So yeah, it's, it's, we forget that I think so much, especially in service businesses. I feel like we think, oh gosh, I need to cater to everything that the client could possibly want. And so you have already talked through lots of different ways that people could get time back or be more strategic about their time. Are there any other things that you see once people start using more time to design that they comment on? Like, is there a common theme where they're like, oh, this part has really helped? Or is it the, you know, being able to just have it all in one program? Like, is there anything else that you think interior designers, especially if they're listening to this, could really benefit from? In, in the, I mean, obviously there's lots to benefit from in the platform, but is there anything that they, that people say to you quite often, like, oh, I started doing that. Like, you know, I know people that are doing time blocking and they say the same thing, like, oh my God, I started doing it. It's changed my life. Yeah. So one of the things that I said to the developers, I was like, I want that like overarching, like when we talk about decisions that we've got to make and all that kind of thing, I want us to keep coming back to the fact that I want to enter a piece of information once. And then you're able to take that piece of information through the whole process through kind of like different ways, but you don't need to keep re-entering it. And so that's been something that I've been really conscious of doing and making sure we stick to that kind of highline concept. And that's really come out in the feedback from designers and that they've found that really great. Like, and the fact that they can enter a piece of information about a chair or whatever it is, and they can take that all the way through to, you know, client approval really easily. And, you know, it's, yeah, that's most probably the biggest thing kind of thing. And just as well, having all that information in one spot, like that seems like such a basic thing, but there really isn't a platform where you can do that easily with all the other bits that you need for an interior design firm. So, you know, you might have your client directory sitting in Excel, but then you'd have, I know, some your time tracking on a different app and you might have a signer and all that kind of stuff. So I think just having it all together has been everyone's finding very helpful. And yeah, the other thing as well is around like the way in which you can keep track of different parts of your project, 
client people are really loving that kind of thing. And then also the client approval. So we have an ability where you can easily send a web link to the client and they can approve your pieces. And it sounds like I, interior design is, we're a little bit slow sometimes picking up technology kind of thing. So the amount of designers that I'd see, like it'd be like hand scribbled notes from the client on a scanned PDF kind of thing. Like, so to be able to automate that has been great. Oh, yeah, I totally hear you. And I've, I've seen other people using like WhatsApp messages and that can get yeah. overwhelming if you've been sent 12 different shares to review yeah. or 12 different things. Likewise, on the other side of your businesses, yeah. so as an interior designer with the Navy Edit, do you have any tips for people trying to create a very calm environment, whether that's in their store? I've been talking to quite a few retailers recently about, you know, because mental health is more talked about, which is a great thing, but they're like sometimes the people in the store can get very stressed or not even stressed but just need a moment of calm and there's nowhere in the store to do that. We've talked about things like just putting a chair somewhere with a little bit of space around it or a curtain around it so that people can have that minute to themselves. Do you have any tips for creating a calming space, whether it's in your home office, if you're like a service-based provider or an office or in a physical location like a shop or a beauty salon or something? Yeah, so two things I think personally like clutter so it's like and I suppose in a store it can be hard kind of thing like you can have a store that has you know abundance of products but it still feels calm and so I think having like an order to how you set things out is really important and like as well in an office kind of thing like just having the clutter away kind of thing I think like a clean space kind of just means a clean mind to me the other thing that I think is really important that I think is overlooked so often is lighting so so often you walk into a store and it's beautiful but it's got this awful bright like just mm. awful lights kind of thing and it can be as simple as changing out a light bulb from like a cold light to a warm light or having different shades of lighting so you might have some floor lamps and some table lamps not just overhead lighting kind of thing so I think lighting is quite often overlooked in retail spaces and it's an easy one to do kind of thing that you can really kind of create those different areas of like lighting, like zones through lighting kind of thing. That is so interesting because we a few years ago changed the fans in our room (laughs) (laughs) because they were really old and we changed them in all of the bedrooms at our house and these newer, I mean, we've had them for like a year and a half, but they have three different lights so you can flick it and it's bright and then it's dark you know and then one in between and those even I'm like oh no it's nice to you know if I'm trying yeah. to get dressed in the morning I put it on the brightest and if it's yeah yeah and it, it does make a difference just bringing things down a little bit yeah exactly and it's kind of like you know even time of day or all of that kind of stuff or if you have an abundance of natural light and all of that kind of stuff but yeah lighting is such a such a big part of a successful interiors kind of thing because it really does affect your mood yeah. yeah, it really does. Can I ask you a question? I'm going to put you on the spot. I think a lot of people, <laughs> what do your friends think? Are they always like tidying their house before you come around? Because they're like, oh, she's an interior designer. She's going to judge everything, you know, everything in my house or clutter. I mean, looking at the back of your house, it looks very beautiful. This is very typical Zoom. This is the tidiest spot in our house. <laughs> like, this looks great, but everything else. No, I mean, 
most of my friends are kind of like they've usually all hit me up for some kind of question at some point along the line there usually is like a bit of a disclaimer about oh it's such a mess and I'm like I do not care kind of thing like (laughs) my house does not look like a magazine shoot most houses that you see in it see in a magazine shoot do not look like that the day before or the day after the magazine shoot kind of thing and I think that yeah so no i it, I think it's like anything kind of thing. It was like when I was a florist, everyone was like, oh, your house must be full of beautiful flowers. And I'm like, no way. Like, <laughs> no, I want to switch off when I get home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. And so part of more time to design is to help other people with their businesses. How or who has helped you with yours? Like have you read any really good books? And it could be this business or the florist or any of the multiple businesses that you have run is there anything that really stood out to you and similarly even if it's a tech tool outside of more time to design obviously so I there's no one book in particular but I'm a big podcast listener this one right. but other. I also listen I listen to lots of kind of random podcasts that like aren't small business related so like but I find that there's lots of little bits of information that you take in kind of thing. I've also been really fortunate that I've got in kind of my close circle of friends, people who they're not in small business, you know, they're in big corporate kind of thing, but they've just got this wealth of information and they help me see business through a different lens. I think there's a lot that small businesses can learn from corporate and vice versa and so it's quite nice it's been really helpful having those people kind of around to kind of offer that kind of thing and being a bit of a sounding board but yeah so they've been really good and then I have a couple of kind of quotes that I have on my desk oh I love a quote they're my nature at the moment (laughs) one is from Calvin Coolidge who was the American president in the 20s and it says that nothing in this world can take the place of persistence persistence and determination alone are omnipotent and then the other one is from James Clear of Atomic Habits, Spain, and it's about it's remarkable the business you can build if you just keep going. Small uh, habits don't add up, they compound. And I think both of them are really pertinent to me at the moment as I think every, it's feeling like everything in business is taking so much longer than it should kind of thing. But I think sometimes just the practice of moving forward, even if it's one tiny step at a time, you're still moving forward kind of thing. So yeah, they're kind of my big things at the moment. Oh, I love that. I love that, particularly that second one about the compound. Yeah. So I think that's so true. Like even this is my eighth year in business and I feel like the Sunday email that I've been sending forever, like I feel like for years, I never, not years, but like yeah, for a while there was never a reply. There was just like yeah. I'm sending this out. Into, I mean, besides my friends being like, oh, fun. <laughs> you don't even have a business, but thanks for being on the email list. And now we get so many replies and lots of people will come up and even the other day I'm like, oh, I'm on your email list. And it's so nice, but it's that just keep keep doing it, just putting it out. Don't give up. Totally. Just get the instant feedback. And it's funny you mentioned the the email list because I'm over well at the end of last year my Instagram was hacked and I lost all of that and it was like oh my god and I always knew I always knew you had to have an email list like I totally am on board that social media is a tool and it's part of a marketing strategy but you don't own that property so you need to own your list kind of thing and it's been a real challenge because you're kind of like, oh, like one subscriber, like, come on. <laughs> and you're like, well, one, it's one more than there was last week kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like one plus one, like you slowly get there kind yeah. of thing. Someone said to me at the end of last year, they were encouraging me to do like an end of year review. 
I was like, I don't have time. I don't need to sit down. And, and they're like, no, no, because if you don't do the end of year review, you won't see that compound of all the, the work you've done kind of thing. And it's that, you know, reflecting on that compounding of results is what gives you the drive to keep going for the next year kind of thing or, you know, helps you when you do feel like it's getting very slow and you're like, oh, my gosh, am I going to get anywhere kind of thing. So, yeah, it, it's it's really kind of you've got to, it can be hard at the time to remember that you will get there, but you know, you just got to keep going. <laughs> yeah. You have just got to keep going. And so on that note, what are you most proud of from your journey of keeping going in business? <laughs> so, well, as I draw close to the five-year anniversary for the Navy Edit, I'm really proud of the business that I'm building. As I said, I recently sat down and kind of re-looked at some goals and kind of things like that. And I was like, oh, wow, I've really kind of come quite far which has been really nice to kind of reflect on. And the other thing, which might sound a bit weird, is that I've realised I wasn't doing a lot of things very well. And in that I've gone, okay, I'm not doing them well. I have an option here to either keep not doing them well and not being happy or I'm actually going to put on my big girl boots and change things and make it a better business kind of thing. So I'm really proud that I've taken that step kind of thing and not kind of just put my head in the sand. And then more time to design. I'm just really proud that I've got a, a software company out there kind of thing. Like, <laughs> I know, you're like Silicon Valley, watch out. <laughs> yeah, so really, yeah, really proud of the fact that, yeah, I can reflect on the business and go, it's good, but it's not great. Oh, oh I, I mean, I think it's great from the outside. But yes, I know what you mean when you're like, oh, this and this and this could get changed. And I love also that you said, I've got two options. I can just keep going and just be okay with, with things or or change it. Thank you so much for coming on here and, and, and yeah, chatting right? about all things. I wish we could just keep this, yeah. it could be like another hour because I could keep asking you a bunch <laughs> of questions. But if people are listening to this and are really keen to understand how they can adopt more time to design and start using that platform, or maybe they are renovating their house or maybe both, how do they get in touch with you? Where are the best places to connect? So on Instagram, it's at the underscore Navy underscore edit and more time to design is at more underscore time underscore to underscore design. We'll link to those. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Navy edit website is just the Navy edit.com and more time to design.com. And yeah, for like for the designers out there, more time to design, jump on the email list. And also we offer a 30 day free trial for more time to design. So you can really get in there and have a look. We are in the process of issuing, like releasing like the second iteration of the software. So lots and lots and lots of new stuff coming kind of thing. So yeah, it's a great time to jump on and have a look and um, give it a go. Amazing. And then anything else that you wanted to mention that's coming up just in either business that you are excited by or anything kind of fun that you're doing at the moment? Yeah. So like with the Navy edit, we've got a couple of projects that we've been working with clients for like two years kind of thing, which are coming to the end and we're going to be photographing them and getting them out there. So that's really exciting. Like when you work with a client on their home for so long, you become really good friends. So it's really lovely to kind of get to that end point and be able to celebrate that work. Mm. Then with more time to design, as I mentioned, like one of the things I was really confident about was that I would I wanted to build the platform that I knew I needed, but also I wanted it to work for most people like out there as well. So we've taken a lot of feedback on and we are, as I said, developing this second iteration of the software, which is going to be so exciting. There's a part in there that 
it really speaks to the collaboration side of it as well, which I am so excited about. And yeah, we're also in the process of launching our own podcast, which works in with the community side of it as well. So yeah, that's coming up in the next few months, which will be very exciting as well. Because yeah, loving chatting to designers and learning more about design and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, so lots and lots and lots in the pipeline. And yeah, it's a really exciting few months and rest of the year to come. Yay. Oh my goodness. Well, we'll link to all of that when it, when, especially when the podcast is up. Yay. Obviously I love podcasts. <laughs> I think they're a great medium for, for especially your audience as well. So congratulations on everything you've done. And thank you so much for joining me. And we'll link to all of those places in the show notes, but thanks so much, Beth. Thank you, Fiona. Bye. Oh, how lovely is Beth? Honestly, I could have just kept talking to her for ages. And I really mean it when I think I would love to bring on every single client that I've ever worked with because you learn so much about them in this podcast interview. Who knew that she was going to become a doctor? But it all makes so much sense because, as I said to Beth on the podcast, she is such a good communicator. She's very warm and friendly. And I've seen her in group situations as well, where she's just so encouraging of other people. And I could imagine her being any kind of, you know, any kind of career or having any kind of job where she is working with people. And that's exactly what she's doing with both of her businesses, the Navy Edit and More Time to Design at the moment. So it all just makes a lot of sense. I would love to know what you took away from that. And I'm going to highlight two things in a minute. Before I do, if you are listening to this and thinking, I really need to connect with Beth, like she said, you can do that over at moretimetodesign.com and thenavyedit.com and we'll link to both of those in the show notes along with her Instagram handles. So two things that really stood out for me. One is just Beth's determination to be fulfilled in what she's doing. I think that sometimes we can get stuck in feeling frustrated by something and not doing anything about it. I love that Beth is one of those people that say, for example, she couldn't find a solution to what she needed. She, she was looking through all these different software programs like Trello, Asana, Notion, all of them, and they couldn't allow her to input everything that she needed and to export what she needed in one place. And so she created it. I love, I love that. But also I love that she talked about being a florist and doing that for eight years and realising, nah, this is not my passion anymore, or maybe it's her passion, but I don't want to do it as a career anymore and changing. And I was at a conference recently and they talked about, actually, it wasn't a conference. I was like, where did I hear this? It was at a high school that we were looking at. We did a high school tour for my son and the principal spoke about the fact that his age group will go on to have about, I think she said 17 or 19 different careers in their lifetime which to somebody of my age group seems like, oh my gosh, that's so many because we were raised, a lot of people I know and myself included, with parents who had pretty much a similar career their whole life. I know my father-in-law worked at a particular place for I think 40-something years, the same place. And so that is not uncommon. And so for my generation, you know, I remember thinking, oh my goodness, are people going to look at my LinkedIn and think, oh, you've moved around a bit because I'd stay at places two or three years. And now two years, I think, is the very is very common for people to spend two years in a job, particularly younger people, and then move on. And I love that 
in Beth's career to date that she's had different careers and that she has moved into something she's obviously very, very passionate about. She's been doing interior design for 12 plus years and then more time to design more recently. But I love that she talked about these other things that she had because I talk to people all day long who would love to start a business and one of the biggest obstacles is sometimes that they say, oh, but I've done I've done this career for this amount of time. So I, you know, oh, is it too late to start at something new? Or, oh, what will people think? Or all of that. And I love that Beth has changed and just been, had this belief in herself that I know what I want and I'm going to go out there and get it. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. So that was the first thing that really stood out. The second, which kind of goes in line with this, is that when we talked about how she created more time to design, that she saw people looked at her networks and thought, you know what? Yes, I haven't spoken to these people in 10 years, but I'm going to I'm just going to put the the word out and sort of see is this something that you do? Because it's that first step that we sometimes can procrastinate on or get frozen by, and yet it's that first step that often gets us to where we need to go. I know with my book, the first book Passion Purpose Profit, I felt the same. I've been talking about writing a book for ages, and then my husband was like, "Why don't you just try and make it happen. And it sounded so simple, but him saying that led me to then think about, okay, who could I contact? And I had studied book publishing. And so I went back to the guy who had been the advisor or that kind of created that whole course at RMIT and contacted him. And then, you know, that sort of led to him contacting different people. And and it ended up with me having a meeting at Hardy Grant and getting my first book offer. So I just think though, we can sometimes overthink it rather than go, you know what, I'm just going to reach out. And and as Beth did, she reached out. She didn't have some grand plan that, oh, my gosh, I'm going to reach out and it's going to immediately happen. It was more of a how can I start this from where I'm at? And I think we we don't do that enough. And, yes, of course, there are networks and connections that, you know, maybe you want to write a book and you've never worked in the book industry ever. So, of course, it's going to be a little bit harder. But often we know somebody who knows somebody or we can look somebody up on LinkedIn and see if they've got any other mutual contacts or there's lots of things we can do and I think so many times we we overthink it. Similarly, when I talked about to Beth, you know, who has helped you and she talked about her friends that have corporate careers and how they have been really helpful. And again, I think sometimes we worry that we could only talk to other small business owners about small business rather than I love, you know, and it just seems a part and parcel of Beth's nature is that she's very open to all sorts of inputs and ideas and that she was open to her friends and thinking, even though you're not a small business owner, I know that you've got this incredible experience and incredible knowledge and wisdom that I can draw on and similarly, you know, give back as well. So yeah, there were so many other things that I'd love to highlight, but those two really stood out to me. So yeah, I'd love to know what you took away from this and I'm sure Beth would as well. So again, don't be a stranger. You can find us on Instagram. I'm just at my daily business coach and Beth is over at well, either more time to design or the Navy edit, the, na- the underscore Navy underscore edit. And similarly, the same sort of format with more time to design, but we will link to those on the show notes as well. And the show notes for this, you'll be able to find over at mydailybusinesscoach.com forward slash podcast forward slash 298. Thank you so much for listening. And just a reminder that from the very next episode You may see a different artwork for this podcast and also a different name, slightly different name. It's really not that different, but just keep an eye out. 
for that and, of course, we'll be talking about that in our upcoming episodes as well and why we rebranded and what we have done to do that and what the whole process has been like because it has taken a lot, lot longer than, than I originally thought. Anyway, I'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to the My Daily Business Coach podcast. If you want to get in touch, you can do that at mydailybusinesscoach.com or hit me up on Instagram at mydailybusinesscoach.com.